Have you ever wondered to yourself if you should leave or quit something? Maybe you want to leave your job, or quit your degree, or do you even want to leave your own home? The thing is, we all leave things, often not knowing if it was the right decision or not. This podcast talks to people who have made the decision to leave, and each of them have their own unique story, both challenges and triumphs. Some left to try different things, others even return to where they were originally left from. My name is Braden Green, and I left university to pursue my radio and podcasting dream. And this is Leavers. If you were dancing away to the tunes of Triple J during 2017 all the way up to late 2019, there's a good chance you know the name Liam Stapleton. Liam, with good mate Ben Harvey, make up the radio comedy duo Ben and Liam, and while the start of their Triple J breakfast career was, let's say, polarising to listeners, most would eventually fall in love with the duo. The pair's popularity grew over the years, and eventually they would decide to take on the next challenge, commercial radio. On today's Leavers podcast, I speak to Liam to find out why the pair left and try to understand the difference between non-commercial and commercial radio. Enjoy the podcast. Thanks for joining me, Liam. It's a real honour to have you. Brayden, it's an honour to be on the pod. What episode are we at? Do you know the number? I think we're up to episode six now. I mean, it's always episode awkward because... Why? I wanted to be number one. Who was number one? No, Jared Walsh was number one. Oh, okay, that's I fair. mean, technically you replaced him, so... Well, no, 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 no. He, he was doing the job after mine. I, I, I'm a different time slot entirely, but yeah, no, Jared Walsh is actually a legend. We'll start where we always start on the Levers podcast, mate. Why did you leave Triple J? Ah, well, look, I, I suppose the uh, the time ha- had come up. I mean, we'd been there for three years. We're very happy at Triple J. You know, there was no reason uh, to leave. We just sort of wanted to give the um, commercial side of radio a bit of a crack. And um, we'd sort of been doing um, community radio before that. So, um, and that was, you know, three years at uh, at Fresh together. So we'd done six years and never touched a commercial radio station. So we thought, you know, like there's we've got to do it at some point and um, realistically us living over in Sydney, if we were to move to the commercial game, it would probably be a, like a, a Perth or a Brisbane or an Adelaide and the gigs, they, you know, they come up pretty rarely. Like, oh, even very if, rarely. If you look at the Adelaide market, um, you know, most of the shows have been on for almost <laughs> 10 years. We're definitely one of the newer shows. I mean, SAFM less, less so, but... Um, uh, yeah, they, they rarely come up. So when the opportunity came up to, to move back to our hometown of Adelaide, um, we thought, yeah, we've got to jump at the opportunity. And, and since we did, we haven't looked back. So it was always a goal again to commercial? Yeah, 100%. Like, I think I like that's like a, um, a big thing when we moved over from Triple J. People are like, oh, selling out, man, selling out. But, well, I mean, we didn't um, ever sort of intend on being these punk rocker <laughs> radio hosts that, to be honest, like, you know, growing up, I suppose Nova was a station I listened to a lot, you know, looked up to people like Ryan Fitzgerald, who Ben and I are happy to call a, a friend now. And, um, yeah, no, it was always just a part of the game. And, um, yeah, we I think we, we did our time and we did what everything we wanted to do there. And uh, sometimes you just got to sort of move on and, and do your own thing. I can imagine, man. I can imagine. Now, before you came here today, I read your interview with Andrew Bucklow from news.com.au as yeah, of January 2020. Yeah. <laughs> and I was really interested in the bit where you spoke about being too comfortable at Triple J. Yeah. How do you know you were too comfortable? Was there a moment that you knew you were too comfortable? There was a bit like, yeah. oh, right, this is show 300. I know yeah. the exact caller. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a good point. I think it's sometimes where you just feel like... I don't think we were going through the motions, but um, 
we we sort of um you know worked out what we were doing we were sort of enjoying the show there and uh we're definitely pushed a lot harder at nova if that makes sense yeah Um, definitely triple j is a very cool space uh and it's a very chillaxed space like it is it's as chillaxed off air as it is on air and obviously like it's a big operation there's a lot of people that work really hard to keep it running but um in many ways by the end we were sort of left to our own um devices and uh you know that can be good and it can also be bad and sort of in our case i think you know it gets to a point where it can be a little bit detrimental if you aren't sort of being pushed and uh and now we're sort of having a lot of um you know air checks and there's a lot of people involved in the team and sort of making uh making things the best they can be and of course it was um it was an uncomfortable decision to, you know, move your whole life again, and you know, you got to take a, ju- you know, a jump. You sort yeah. of got to hope. Oh, geez, I hope I'm not going to regret this in a, in a, in a year or two. And that's like the same for anyone in any position. Um, you know, changing a role or changing, uh, you know, uh, their career. So, um, it wasn't uncomfortable thing to do. But it, I mean, as soon as we got over here and started, we, we sort of, you know, both realised this was the, the right call, and it was sort of that next chapter of yeah. the show. Yeah, and I think that's the interesting part of the Levers podcast. We go through that that decision, we go through that mindset, mm. and, and it's always difficult no matter what we leave. Is that decision to leave harder when there's two of you? I mean, because obviously Ben has to come in, or do you? Mm. Or are you tempted ever to just go yourself? I mean, what no. is the process? Oh well, it's very much a team thing. Um, you know, Ben and Liam is the show, and we've worked pretty hard on um, sort of keeping that that branding together. And it, it's pretty rare. Like we got kind of got told at the start that that's not going to be the case, and that doesn't happen very often. Um, you know, and there's, but like, I, I kind of think, well, all the best shows that we like are the shows that have stayed together for all these years. Exactly. You know, your, your Kyle and Jackson, your Fitzy and Whippers and whatever, your Hamish and Andy's, they've all sort of, you know, been uh, through a lot together and sort of, you know, been on this big journey with their listeners. And that's something that we always kind of really wanted. So uh, we've been really lucky to, to stay together. And I think the decision was probably easier because it is always a joint thing. So... You know, you know, you don't actually have to do it alone. You've got someone there with you every step of the way. And for us, we were allowed to um, bring our wonderful producer Bell over as well yeah. from Triple J. So there was three of us making the move. So um, that makes things a hell of a lot easier. Is that confronting when you're told, like, no, this is not how usually things go. This is how things are going to yeah. go. Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially when you're younger, because you just sort of believe it, like... Um, I remember when we were at Fresh, we were um, having meetings with lots of people from commercial radio stations and we were talking about how we sort of, you know, wanted to, to move our way up. And, um, you know, most people were saying, oh, that's not how it works. You've got to sort of go uh, regional and do your time there before anyone even um, looks at you. Uh, and uh, we kind of thought, we were like, oh, yeah, I know. I mean, maybe you don't see um, community radio as valuable, but we were like, this is kind of cool. I mean, we're doing our own show in a capital city and um, having a lot of fun along the way and, and certainly learning a lot. And it's, you know, fresh in, in Adelaide. Um, the people who are in Adelaide would know that it's it's got a fair following and it's sort of, um, it's got a, got a listenership. So we were sort of treating that as, yeah, you know, that was, that was our sort of apprenticeship, if you will, our first sort of gig. So that always rubbed us up the wrong way as well. Even though we were willing to go um, regional, it was sort of like, oh, okay, well, people just tell you how it is. And then, we, I mean, we ended up going regional everywhere <laughs> as well as the capital cities with the, you know the amazing opportunity we got at triple j but of course people are going to try and tell you what's possible and what's not possible and what you can do and what you can't do and yeah we sort of have been um sort of true to ourselves and what we've we've wanted and we've luckily been able to uh stick to that and that's probably due to just sort of a, a lot of hard work and a lot of care factor and i'm sure if we sort of started 
phoning it in and, and leaving early or not putting much into the show, then they'd uh, feel the need to, to throw more people in or break us up or, you know, change the show. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I hope that's not going to happen anytime <laughs> soon. It might. I mean, it sure might. Well, it was actually tomorrow, but we... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, was the decision to leave made harder by having Triple J actually wanting you to stay? I mean, that's a, a, an amazing compliment, really. Yeah, no, it's lovely. Um, yeah, of course it was trickier. Uh, yeah, it was um, It was a real sort of uh, sliding doors moment. You know, you can see your life one way, you can see your life the other. So, And especially, as I said, there was no reason for us to leave at that point. I think sometimes people look back at our Triple J time and they maybe like focus on that first few months, first nine months, where yeah. things weren't going as well and they think we were sort of running away from it but um i mean we really broke the back of that and that those last two years were awesome we could you know do what we wanted and we had a you know great sort of environment around us and you know the listeners were sort of going along with the ride and letting us do um all these sorts of fun things on air so it, it was tricky but it's sort of really when when you really boil it down it's it's you know we want to get here um, is this move going to get you closer to your ultimate end goal? And if the answer is yes, then so you got to you got to make that jump and sort of and uh, move on from there. But of course, you know, and who knows? You could we could fast forward ten years and go, okay, well, you know, with with hindsight, that wasn't the right move because if you stayed there, you could have gone there. Or, but yeah. who knows? You know, you just got to sort of move to what you think at the time. And um, you know, I think if you're if you're constantly moving and sort of adapting, you're always sort of having to get better as well. So you know, coming back here. We probably had to work harder again because you're in a new yeah. environment um, and you need to prove yourself again. You need to earn your stripes, which is a good thing, I think, when you're um, sort of younger in the game, that's for sure. So you really believe in how important adapting really yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, not to be rude, now I can completely understand we're not going to talk about the pay packet, but yeah. did the money come into that decision because obviously let's yeah. admit we're going from a government-owned station yeah. to the big boys. Oh, it's, it's a lot nicer. Sure. <laughs> um, I love that honesty. But um, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, you'd be kidding yourself if you thought we were actually doing it for the money. And pe when people say that, I'm like, mate, we were on 18 grand a year, you know, when we were working in community radio. We, we had a minimum wage that we split um, three ways to bring in another guy <laughs> who we were friends with to be our producer. And before that, we were doing it for free. And we're still doing a hell of a lot over our contracted hours because it's the, it's the love of the thing, you know? Like, with, yeah. I, I would sort of be doing this still at a community radio level if I wasn't lucky enough to be paid with it. Like, it's just sort of, it's our, it's our passion and we're really lucky to do it. So that, you know, really doesn't come into it. And also, Triple J is like, not that not that bad. It's still, <laughs> still, still Let's be good. honest here. Yeah, it's still not a bad wage. I was still stoked to that. So, you can afford to live in Sydney. That means it's a good wage. Well, that's it, barely. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, did it help knowing that the Nova job would be in Adelaide? How much does that help? Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah, no, I think it would have been a harder decision if we were to jump and move to Perth, a city we've never lived in, other side of Australia. That would be a hell of a lot harder, but... Um, oh, you know, it's a real deal sweetener when it's... And you want to succeed more in Adelaide because it's your hometown, you know? Like, I never used <laughs> There's to... There's a bit of pride on the line. Well, that's it. And with ratings at Triple J, it's, it wasn't as big of a deal as far as... You know, I'm sure that, you know, the station care about it, of course, but, you, you know, ratings day could go by and you wouldn't even know. Whereas here, it's like, it's ratings day coming up two weeks, guys. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, you know, it's a, a big event, which, you know, commercial radio care about it a hell of a lot. But I do remember when I did see them at... Uh, Triple J, you'd have all the states there. It was kind of hard to judge on how you're going as well because you're like, okay, you know, we're up in Sydney, down in Perth, 
down in Melbourne, up in Adelaide, and up in Brisbane. You're like, what do you take away from that? Like, you're up, down, up, down. But you know what I mean? Like, is it good? Is it bad? What is it? It's like almost you have to, okay, are we going to be a WA station? Are we going to be an SA? Yeah, I know. Once we were second overall in WA, and I'm like, oh my God, we're killing it in WA. But I think I think it was just a weird book. But uh, that was like, like um, up until last year, probably the best score we'd ever had anyway. But I always used to care most about the Adelaide sort of score because you kind of go oh you know if have people that maybe used to listen to fresh or whatever and you sort of friends and family so we cared about that obviously um makes the decision a lot easier as well when we could move back with our partners who had to move over with us in the first place to sydney so it's sort of nice yeah. for them and um you know a good time in our lives to be back and spending some time with the family as well because also like once you move to sydney when you i was sort of 20 at the time and it was like okay well you know are we going to be back anytime soon like maybe not like you at that point it was probably like well if i move back to adelaide anytime soon probably doing it wrong like now that we're yeah. over in east side but um yeah that wasn't the wasn't the case so it's been a real privilege and i mean ideally uh with whatever gigs we sort of get in the future it'd be nice to do them out of adelaide because uh yeah we both love yeah <laughs> tell you what so how'd you guys go living in sydney because in that interview that i was quoted before you said it took some time getting used to I guess, what were some of those things that you had to get used to? Is it just the size? Is it the people? I mean, oh, Adelaide, yeah. you know, everyone literally knows your name. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, everyone knows everyone here. So uh, going um, to Sydney, it's a big change, especially when I was living out at the home for the first time, really. So um, eating a hell of a lot of migorang. Um, <laughs> there was this place called Indian Home Diner near where I lived, and they did um, these curry kebabs, which were like... So you've got like an, a garlic cheesy naan and they wrap, like they fill it with curry and wrap it up. And I was, <laughs> I was probably having like six of them a week, which is a real problem. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just different, I suppose. And after I got used to it, I loved it. Uh, but you got to make a whole new, um, you know, friendship circle sort of outside of work as well. Um, so, you know, that comes with its own challenges, I suppose. It's also weird, you know, there's like, there's online dating and there's trying to, you know, get a date with someone or go out somewhere, and there's also trying to find a friend, which is it feels like a sad thing, but it's also it's, it's very hard. true. It's very it's true. Hard. You're like, how do you do it? I mean, Weird, weirdly, I, so my best friend in Sydney, Luke. So when I first moved, my mum, she worked with this chiropractor who said, and he said his nephew lives in Sydney. So she was like, why don't you text him for a beer? I'll get his number. And I was like, no, mum, that's the lamest thing ever. I'm not going to do that. And then after two weeks, I was like. I'm going to text that dude. So, like, because I was so lonely. So, I was like, I'm texting this guy who's, you know, uncle's a chiropractor who works with my mum. And he was like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, and we went out and got some tacos. And we went back to the same spot every Tuesday for Taco Tuesday for three years. That's amazing. Yeah. Great guy. Well, he's originally from Adelaide as well. Luke's I guess that helps. Yeah. I mean, Adelaide people see the Adelaide yeah. person, Adelaide well, person. Well, most of my friends in Sydney weren't from Sydney. Oh, really? So, I don't know if there's, you know... I don't know. But, I mean, there's not many people from Sydney. I found, I found <laughs> when you live there, like, a lot of people move there from yeah. other places for work or whatnot, but not many people are born in the CBD of Sydney. I mean, there is a lot, statistically, but none that I met, that's for sure. What's the biggest difference between Sydney and Adelaide, do you think? Ah, oh, jeez. I mean, it's just chock-a-block. It's so busy. <laughs> there's a lot happening. It was great, though, because, I mean, there's just... Like, no one skips Sydney, you know? Sometimes in Adelaide, you, like, concerts don't come here or whatnot. Um, who's Very coming? True. Snoop Dogg's coming next year. He's not coming here. <laughs> um, unless we lure him down with some, some herb. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. Um, no one ever misses Sydney. So, and that was cool. You know, working at Triple J at the time, there's a lot of free gig ki- um, tickets kicking around um, that you could just write off as audience research. So, I was, I was, you know, going to a lot of stuff midweek, which was cool. But, um, yeah, it's just... 
it's just go, go, go is the biggest difference, I'd say. Back to the actual radio station itself with Triple J. Now, you basically talked about it before. Ratings, they kind of don't matter. Let's be honest yeah, here. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean it's more like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It didn't matter as, as much <laughs> to them. Well, it certainly seemed that way from my yeah. perspective. But they, um, I mean, they obviously care a hell of a lot about the station. But it was um, it was really about, um, you know, Triple J, uh, just a, a beast of their own. And they have their own way of doing things, which they are very true to, which is which is cool. Do you think they should focus more on ratings? Because I find that really interesting. It might be just kind of the business side of me, but I, I've always looked at performance. You've got to look at your ratings for how you're performing, hmm. where they come from. Do you think they should focus more? Or is it a case where Triple J is like, no, they know their audience. They're growing it really well, and they continually I think adapt. I think their heads are in the right spot. I mean, we love music is their tagline, and they're all about championing Aussie music, and that's something they do better than any radio station, um, I would say, in Australia. And... Uh, that's that's where the, that's where their um, loyalties should always lie. I think with the um, music and the artists that they're breaking and championing, and the, you know the stuff they're doing in the festival space, and that'll be some people's cup of tea, others not so much. I mean, it's never going to be a number one sort yeah. of rating station, but they I don't think they want to be. They're kind of they're the cool, reverent sort of uh, yeah, cousin. It, it all it. it always felt like to me as soon as something went mainstream, if it was on Triple J, and as soon mm. as it went mainstream, the audience instantly hated it. Yeah, well, that's I mean, even when we started, um, you know, as I said, we'd never done commercial radio in our lives, but because we were talking a bit fast, people were like, "You go see commercial," and uh, that was something that we had to kind of <laughs> unlearn and slow things down a little bit, but. That's why when we started here, it's like you know maybe there's, there's not as much. Of course, it's, you know it's a massive audience, but it's like um, less of a care factor. Like no one was spraying us on the text line. I'm sure if they didn't like you, they just wouldn't listen. Um, they wouldn't. They wouldn't feel the need to get stuck into you. That's for sure. Bit of an interesting one, this one. So I, I want to quickly talk about your replacements. Just a, a small comment. Were mm. you surprised that Erica and Sally? didn't really last that long together. I mean, I was really interested because we're coming from Bandalem, a fairly big show, and then usually sometimes you'll get that that audience click over for the first show and it'll either yeah. boom or bust. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, they were lovely. And I I, uh, <laughs> I remember having a um, uh, a beer with them before we left. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure um, why they ended up um, calling it. But uh, I was always a fan of Sally and Erica. They were... Um, you know, they were great fun to work with. They were doing weekend stuff at the time. And, yeah, I couldn't speak highly enough of, of them. They're also sort of really cool for Triple J in the sense that they're sort of um, musos as well and, and doing a lot of that stuff, which is certainly something that we never had the, the hang of. We're not, <laughs> not very, I mean, trying to do a parody every Tuesday here for Suburb Songs, but um, I'm certainly not very musical at all. But, uh, yeah, and it's, it's, it's certainly a, a tough gig. So, um, yeah, I never really want to comment on, on how the, the other shows sort of go about things but uh yeah it's a, it's a bit of a journey for everyone for anyone who takes that um that gig we certainly went on it and uh yeah it's uh it's an interesting ride but um it's also a great one for sure what's been the biggest difference between nova and triple j is it just simply ratings because i can imagine um, how stressful rating day is uh yeah look there's uh i mean it's it's just sort of different i suppose i mean it's it's uh it's it's a different beast in the sense that uh, you know you sort of, well obviously our target sort of demo or our audience sort of has to the shift a little bit to more align with Nova. Obviously the music's very different, but the principles are the same. You know it's sort of um, for, for Ben and I, it's still it's still been the same from the start. It's sort of we know what we're sort of into or what the you know type of radio we want to make is, and you know it's really not rocket science radio. It's <laughs> sort of telling stories and taking you know. Speaking to some callers and stuff, and 
Yeah, it's it's um, it's just talking. Yeah, exactly. It's just talking. It's the same, same, same. A little bit different. Was there ever a point where your your relationship is tested with each other? Like as Ben and oh, Liam, is there times they think, oh, "I'm going to kill you"? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, uh, I suppose it's constantly being tested, but it's, it, it's <laughs> it never gets um never gets heated. We're very like brutally honest with each other. Like even more so than you would be sometimes with a sibling or a partner or whatever or your parents like we sort of have to be so on the same level so or you know even with your friends sometimes things can annoy you and you just sort of let it slide because you know you might not see them for two weeks you're not gonna be annoyed about it the next time you see them but we're like every waking day but did the maths the other day and i'm like geez like i'm sort of with ben probably more than anyone (laughs) which is kind of a scary thought but um yeah, we just we just say it how it is, and we're both, um, you know, we've got this thing that it's all um, professional, not personal, and we both know that. And uh, yeah, I can't really think of any particular time where there's been a big biff because it doesn't really get to that point. We nip it in the bud before that, and um, yeah, there can be Fridays where we're a bit grumpy because we're so tired, but then we just know <laughs> just to call it, come back in the following week and do it all again. But yeah, no, we we sort of we both inherently understand that. Um, our uh, relationship is dependent, you know, it's our livelihoods and it's it's a hell of a lot. And, uh, you know, the fact that we've been able to build it ourselves from ground up as well and bring this amazing team in with us um, helps the situation. Like, I don't know how people do it when they just get slapped together with, you know, people that yeah, don't know. Yeah, when they randomly don't like, know. Let's make this work. Come on, jump on air. Like, that's, and that's the reality of a lot of um, radio. So that would be bloody hard, but we haven't had to do that. So it's been lucky. Now, before you came in, I read your mental health speech back in 2017 on mm. Are You OK Day, and there's one point where you said there's a fresh can of hate that you've got to open up online every day, and yeah. it definitely wears you down. You even talked about the lowest point being cornered, basically, by people, and they said you'll never be good as Matt as Alex. Mm. One, how on earth do you get through that? And two... Do you think Ben ever got anything like that as well? Like- yeah, of course. I mean, he was there with me. He just didn't talk about it as much. He was copying it just as much as I was. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, and that's the thing. Like, bet you know, Ben and I are different in that sense as well. Um, you know, I probably wear my heart on my sleeve a little bit more than Ben, but he's still an emotional guy and still, you know, feels things just like feels things just like the rest of us. But uh, yeah, I think we were definitely stronger for it in the long run, and uh, it's something that's sort of. Uh, in our sort of history, it's sort of been heavily publicised and we sort of get asked about it a lot. But it was, you know, it was a tricky time. But I think it's, you know, obviously a bit of adversity is good. It's not like it's, you know, we've um, obviously been very lucky, but we haven't had a, a dream run the whole way through. Like it would have been easy to um, let that get the better of us. But I think we came out on top in the end. And uh, yeah, no, it's sort of, um, we definitely got thicker skin for it for sure. And um yeah, no, I think it was it was certainly a learning curve and a, a sort of experience that we both grew from, and uh, yeah, it's all just in the in the history books now. I mean, um, I'm sure there's people that absolutely hate our guts, but uh, I suppose they just don't listen. So the, the the ones that don't mind it stick around, and that's sort of who we hear from the most. So yeah, what do you think that happens though? I mean, it confuses the heck out of me why someone, hmm. you know 
It feels the need to abuse the heck out of someone, yeah. yet they're still listening. And it happens to so many shows. It's not just yeah. you guys, and that's the sad thing. Is it a radio thing? Is it is it a society? Nah, it's a it's not a radio. It's a society thing because people, you know, people get bashed all the time. People on TV get bashed. People in movies, and <laughs> everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's a bloody expert. Politicians definitely get you know cop it, and uh, you know maybe some of them deserve it. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's always. I mean, that's then that's the thing. If you're going to be in the in the public eye and some way, shape, or form, there's going to be points in your uh, career when you're going to cop it. Even people who sort of seem to have a fairly squeaky clean record every now can be every now and then can be dragged over the coals. I mean, I know Guy Sebastian, who's a, a literal saint, who everyone loves, very talented man, but he, you know, he was copping heat uh, just last week, and that sort of happens sometimes. I suppose it's just part of the game, but you know, move on, people. People uh, sort of cop it, and hey, look, there's a lot of perks as well to being in the public eye, of course. So, <laughs> you know, you got to take with the good, with the bad. You don't mind being asked for a photograph or a signature or anything. Like oh, that? yeah, every now and then, it's not it doesn't happen too often, but uh, yeah, it's I don't mind, of course, it's lovely. <laughs> What's the biggest benefit of being in the public eye? I mean, getting to call, you know, do this, call this a job. It's not, it's not much of a job, really, is it? We just sort of just piss around all day. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty good. I'll take that. How hard is it starting a new breakfast show, especially when the audience have had such a strong connection to the last host? Um, I mean, uh, the, the last time was the trickiest time because we were literally going from community radio in Adelaide to the national broadcaster. Um, so our, that was the biggest jump we're ever going to have in our careers. So that was the tricky one, probably a lot of learning on the job. Uh, and after being through that, and I think coming into this one, you know, you're kind of expecting the worst. And, uh, you know, surprisingly, it was kind of like, oh, sweet, smooth. Um, you know, it could, yeah, and like, I think we we're just smarter about it this time. There was no text line here. We weren't, you know, I'm off Facebook and all that sort of stuff now. Yeah. So if people want to have a crack, then I'm probably not even going to see it. So we just kept our heads down and concentrated on um, doing what we do. And, um, yeah, I mean, the main thing is just sort of, um, you know, you've just got to sort of be open to feedback and, Trust the people who who know the station best. I mean, for us, we're lucky we brought producer Bell over from Triple J, but we also had producer Wolf here who'd worked on the previous show and the show before that. He's, you know, he's racked up a decade, over a decade here at Nova now. So it's always good to be able to lean into someone like that. He's our executive producer. He knows how things run here. And yeah, you can't come in like you um, own the place or know everything because there's certain things that you know and there's certain things that they would know as well. And of course... Uh, our boss Ben uh, had been here for quite some time as well, and been in the industry for many years. So, um, you know, if you if you lean into those sorts of people around you, you're going to have a much smoother transition. Which is the same with you know any industry. Of course, you've got to sort of learn the ways and sort of uh, adapt and um, go from there. So, what was the actual first day at Nova like? Are you first crapping day. yourself? Uh, yeah, no. Well, to be honest, we'd never done trial shows before. We did a full week like off air. Like oh, really? It didn't even go on air. And then we just cut out the best bits and then used them. But the whole thing was like, you know, it's just like the same two producers on the phones. And like then it was like us telling our stories. <laughs> and sort of, so I felt kind of comfortable in the space. And, uh, yeah, Ben sort of was right on the buttons. Of course, I don't press the buttons, so I don't really have to worry about any of that stuff. But yeah, no, it was, uh, it was pretty cool, really. It was, and we started a bit earlier. We started earlier than everyone else. So started like the 3rd of 4th of Jan or something so we kind of got in a little bit earlier than the other shows so it felt like pressure was off a little bit most people were probably still 
um, drunk from Christmas at home. <laughs> so yeah, no, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It was pretty, and we had like two months off, so we were sort of um, just chafing at the bit to get back on air and do something. Bit of an interesting one. What was it like broadcasting during lockdown? Because this is really unprecedented. I'm so sick of that yeah. word, but it was unprecedented. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I mean, we're sort of so lucky here in Adelaide. Like, it was it was getting to the point where it was annoying. But I also think last year it actually helped us a lot because, I mean, you got to, you know, you talked about those ratings, scary ratings. Oh, no. But coming through to our first year, we kind of missed, I think it was like three or four survey periods because there was just, they couldn't do ratings because if you don't know radio, they, they do it in this ancient way where people get like, you know, literally knock on your door and give you a book so you can tick what you've been listening to, which of course, like, you've probably never heard of that or anyone around you has done that before. So it goes to show the whole thing is kind of a little bit bullshit anyway. But, um, yeah, so we didn't have to worry about that. So the, the pressure was off there. Um, and then beautifully we didn't have to worry about it and then by the time one came back uh we were number one so we were like hell yeah like we didn't even have to (laughs) stress about it that whole time Uh, and i think it helped us in the sense that um in radio you're always trying to sort of um sort of connect with your audience and you know what are your audience thinking and feeling today and what are they talking about and it was this big sort of scary new global pandemic and everyone was in the same boat literally around the entire world so we could sort of adapt the show to that and of course there's a lot of ideas we couldn't do but then from that ideas grew out of that as well like lockdown haircuts were a bit of a thing last year so we got this uh, giant novelty wheel and um, put different haircuts on it and we sort of agreed that we would you know, have yeah. the haircuts whatever it landed on I ended up with a 2002 World Cup Ronnie ooh, and ooh, uh, ooh, Ben ooh. had the George Costanza and um, so that was like a really fun that was like one of the best things we did last year in my opinion I thought that was great fun and, and beautifully like even though I like, I'd never had a shaved head before I didn't really know what my head would look like but I was going nowhere for like ages so had time <laughs> to regrow a little bit by the time I was doing anything so it's the perfect plan really <laughs> um how much did it help starting at Fresh 92.7 FM? Like, how much did it oh, help starting out your career? So helpful. I mean, I don't even think we'd have a career if it wasn't for Fresh, for sure. In fact, there'd be no way. Um, yeah, no, that was such an amazing place. I, I, I first started at PBA FM 89.7 in Salisbury. That was before my Ben days. Uh, used to do a show called Jib Jab Radio, guys, 4.35 uh, on a Friday. Why 4.35 and not 4.30? I don't know. I think it was the Congolese Drumline show was on before and they were sort of they must have run late or, so, or something. But, um, yeah, and then after that I, I did a show on the weekends on Fresh on Saturday mornings with a guy called Big Al who's an incredible uh, comedian. He really sort of took me under his wing and um, he sort of showed me the ropes a little bit. And, uh, yeah, then when I met Ben... Um, we were both really young and he was sort of doing his dairy farming at the time. I was sort of laboring a little bit on the side, but I quit uni cause I really wanted to throw myself into the fresh stuff and, uh, you know, volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. And then we were lucky enough to get the first sort of paid gig there. Um, which was incredible. And after that we were sort of away because we could just, he could give away the dairy stuff and I didn't do the laboring stuff. And we just sort of, um, started doing that full time and, uh, yeah, the show just sort of grew from there. So how hard is that also a decision, I guess, to leave uni to really uh, put yourself into it, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, university is an interesting caper. I mean, I know that could know it very well after being here for six years. And it it can be a thing where you really have to involve yourself. And when you do leave something or quit something like that, yeah. you can really feel either terrible or great. Yeah. 
Well, it wasn't hard for me because I didn't like uni in the first place. So <laughs> I'd never wanted to go, but my dad made me because he left school in year 10 and was a tiler and then decided he needed to come back to school. And then he, after that, he decided he needed to go back to university later in life. And he was studying like well into his 40s. Sort of, He needed like a master degree to get up further in his sort of career space. So that was just his journey. So he kind of imposed that on me and uh i remember taking him to fancy burger on run the, run the streets one you know june 2014 it would have been I, I, you know i said look dad i don't want to do uni anymore and he was like okay f-, you know well you tried it so that's fine so what else are you going to do and i just said oh i'm going to volunteer full time and like luckily for him i mean he didn't let's be real he's <laughs> i'm like 18 by that point so he doesn't really have a leg to stand i can do what i want anyway right but um yeah he was cool enough to be like well you know if that's what you want to do then then go for it and um, that's what I did, yeah. Can same be said, like, just how much it helped you going to the Australian radio school in Adelaide? Yeah, run by Sean yeah, Craig of Murphy? course. Yeah, no, an incredible course, which I know you did as well, Braden. That's how uh, we met. And, uh, yeah, no, that was awesome. Ben and I were actually doing the same. We weren't in the same class, but we were doing the same course at the same time. So that was the start of 2014. And that's kind of when we started doing the show on air at Fresh as well. So it all sort of happened at the same time. So... We were sort of seeing each other on the stand-up stage at the Rhino Room at the time, doing the course. Sort of, we both knew we were doing the course, and then a fill-up gig came in at Fresh, and we both got called in uh, for a shift. So that's uh, where it all started. But um, you know, that was a great uh, that was a great starting point for us. You know, got a good sort of um, spread of the industry and what the different jobs are and what's involved. And uh, Sean's uh, you know been an incredible supporter uh, of us for many years, and he was always. Uh, willing to go the extra mile and sort of give advice outside of the the course and i know he does that for all of his um students uh, students students <laughs> at the ars <laughs> maybe i need to go back <laughs> rhino room now, yeah. th- now that is an interesting place for people yeah. not from adelaide it's basically the place to yeah. learn how to be a stand-up comedian yes well it's also the place to bomb uh which i did many times but oh, i know uh, that feeling i've yeah. been down that train oh you've done a bit of stand-up yeah i did a bit of stand-up how'd it's, you go it, First show was first show went pretty well. The shows went all right, but if you are there by yourself a lot and you don't know the comedians, it's a pretty scary place to oh, be. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> no, I found it very scary indeed. And that's the thing. I uh, yeah, I, you know, you just got to sort of uh, jump into it and try all the different sort of things when you're starting out. But we sort of realised that early on as well. We're like, ah, look, I think uh, maybe we should just lean into the radio thing, try and be good at that. So I, I, I was, I always, you know, I thought that from years back, it kind of reached that point where I was like. I enjoyed stand-up, but I was like, do I want to be the radio guy or the stand-up guy? And I'm like, yeah, I think I just want to be the radio guy. I want to do that well. So, Do you think stand-up transitions well into radio? Because we uh, see a lot of it. It, it depends. Um, I mean, sometimes you just... I mean, the biggest difference is you just got to sort of know when to call it on radio. You sort of want to get out on a high point. But um, sometimes, you know, in comedy, you sort of want to keep going, keep going, keep going until you... Um, until you get it. So, look, I think, um, you know, some people have been very successful at it. Some people haven't been. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's the same principles, right? It's just sort of... But, I mean, some... some I mean, stand-up's a hard gig, but I also know some people just wouldn't be able to do the discipline of 4 o'clock every morning, five days a week, three, <laughs> 365 days a year. Well, <laughs> not in commercial. <laughs> a lot of holidays. Um, but, you know what I mean? It's, it's a bit of a different art. Um and uh, you can't do it in your own time as much. You're on someone else's time. So, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely, um, it's a, it's a different game, but there's similarities for sure. 
So what's the next step in your career, really? I mean, is there is there ambitions? Is it like, let's go National Drive? Is it like... Yeah, I think for sure. I mean, yeah. Um, that I mean, just sort of staying at Nova. I mean, we're sort of um, definitely swept up here and we uh, really love it. So I think, um, look, we, we'd like to stay at Nova for as long as we can. And if that means sort of getting bigger gigs within the company at some point, that'd be sweet. But I mean, we're in no hurry. We're loving... Um, seeing the Adelaide Brecky show and um, yeah it's honestly as well like we sort of you know we're living where we grew up we're having a great time and um, we can pretty much do whatever we want I know that sounds a little bit bratty and sort of crazy but I mean this year we've done a show hanging off our own billboard we had a show chopper we did a show living from a glass box for a week kayaked to KI and every time the our wider team has sort of made it happen so that's a pretty incredible thing to have to have sort of people backing you in so hard and uh just making things happen so that that is all you can really ask for in this biz and whatever be will be will be but um yeah we're gonna keep uh working hard and doing our thing and having fun and then we'll see whatever happens but uh i mean already pretty stoked if you look on on paper i'm like oh well i didn't think we'd make it this far so <laughs> we're just gonna keep doing our, doing our thing so how hard is it to convince these guys? Like, hey, I want to broadcast from a billboard. You're like, uh, okay, yeah. Billboards can tell you now, pitch the idea in October 2019. So basically <laughs> three weeks after we left Triple J. Got it done in January, February 21. And so it took a while. It took a while, uh, but it did happen. Box was like really quick. They loved that. Um, and kayak I've been pushing since the start of the year. I've been wanting to do that for so long. <laughs> so damn long. <laughs> so we've gone through all of these, men, and it's been an interesting process. There's mm. been a mindset to it. There's some clear goals in that. I guess for the people out there listening to this, what would your advice be when you want to leave something? What what's Are you like, make a goal, make a strategy, just yeah. do it? What's your advice? Well, it's just I think you know when the time's right. I mean, for us at Fresh... Uh, we knew the time was right. We were, I mean, that was an excellent gig for us to be able to move to, but we were going somewhere at the end of that year. We kind of knew that that whole year and we were meeting with a lot of people. And I mean, hey, we knew that because we just felt that that's what needed to happen for us to get better because speaking about being comfortable, we're kind of like, uh, at that point where we're like, okay, I think we need a new challenge. So if you're not feeling challenged in whatever you're doing and, uh, you know, you feel the need to spice it up, there's probably a reason behind that. And I, I would say jump into it um but yeah just just sort of assess where you're at because also if you you know you're more than happy what doing what you're doing and you don't really necessarily have any ambitions to go anywhere else in that space just yet then why not just just sort of write it out but uh i suppose it depends case by case and, and with what you're doing do you think people don't leave certain things because they get too stubborn it becomes like a pride thing mm. I, I find it very interesting yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and people can get stuck in their ways. But, um, yeah, it's good to spice your life up, that's for sure. I mean, don't leave your wife just because I said spice <laughs> your life up. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, you can... Uh, there, There is ways of uh, of doing different things and breaking patterns, and sometimes it can be uh, beneficial, I find. What was your favourite day on air? Favourite day on air... Um, I've got to go for something recently, which would have been the last day of Trapped, the campaign we did in June this year. Um, ben and I and our team, we um, had some conversations around mental health and we also managed to raise over 90 grand for Lifeline Adelaide, which was an incredible achievement. And um, yeah, no, I don't think I've ever been 
that proud of anything in um, the radio space purely because it was it was it was meaningful. Um, it was very challenging, and it was also fun and memorable. And uh, yeah, that that felt like we were doing something cool. Like we were sort of like yeah. You know, we've actually done something good there. We're not just sort of pissing around, <laughs> like, you know, making a parody song or whatever, So, or playing fart sound effects. So that was great for me. That sort of ticked a hell of a lot of boxes. Um, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't doom or gloom. There was, there was really sad, tough conversations had, but also some really uplifting stuff, and it really felt like it was um, radio with a, with a purpose, which is I think that was sort of the best we can be, uh, so to speak. So I was really proud of everyone, and it was a sort of Herculean effort from everyone because it was a massive pain in the ass to organise <laughs> um, for a lot of people. So I was really, really happy with the way that one went. I guess a couple of questions on that real quick because I remember, I'll never forget that, those days when you were down there because I remember walking down and you guys instantly remembered that's right. me, which was yeah. a really, really honoured thing just oh. to have that. And I really like how no you, worries. and I think that's the great thing about you too is that you you take it really personally and you yeah. generally treat people like people. It's yeah. so refreshing <laughs> compared to some A-listers. Um, A-lister? Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. That's the first time I've been called that. And F-U and F-U and whatever. I like the sound of that. No, no. What was... The funniest moment of the box? What was the hardest moments? Because was there ever a moment? I couldn't help but think, I'm like, when these guys are sleeping, how is they not hobos suddenly, yeah. you know, banging on the window trying yeah. to threaten you or something? There was, there was, um, yeah, there's some scary moments for sure. The funniest, there's probably this guy who came past every day on rollerblades in his jocks, just like <laughs> gyrating across the mall. I don't know if you've seen him before, but he was entertaining and, um, yeah, scariest was like every night there was drunk people like, yeah, smashing on the window and screaming and carrying on. So that was a, pain oh, the last night I, I literally slept for an hour and a half so i was completely rooted um but that was all part of it you know we knew it was going to be challenging and that was sort of we were sort of trapped and cut off from the outside world which is kind of you know that's where the idea sort of came from so it was it wasn't supposed to be an easy feat but uh yeah it was challenging i don't think i'd be rushing back into the box that's for sure most memorable caller that you've ever had most memorable caller um <laughs> I don't know why. This is just the first thing that popped into my head. But um, I remember there was a guy at Triple J who lost his grandma at Movie World. And um, they returned, like the Movie World staff went out to find the grandma. And they they found the wrong grandma, like returned, <laughs> returned the wrong grandma. So they've obviously ripped this old woman away from her family. Like, no, I'm lining up for the Superman ride. And they've gone, here, we found your grandma. And they're like, that's not our grandma. So you're going to have to return that grandma and then find us. And they ended up finding her in the ball pit. <laughs> I don't know. I just love that. I love that story so much. Would you rather give up KFC forever or give up voice impressions forever? Oh, now you're testing me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the point. <laughs> uh, KFC. KFC, really? Very nice. Nah, sorry, I got to do the Borat. Nah, it's a, oh, oh. Yeah, he wasn't nah. expecting this. Nah, one to be I'll the give away one. the impressions. I'll have the Zinger Burgers. <laughs> yeah, Zingers any day of the week. Would you have liked the chance to do the Kiwi accents for the Vix Vapor Drops ad? Uh, that would be nice. Yes, for people who um, didn't know, you're looking and listening to the face of Vix Australasia. Um, so very exciting. Ben and I did some Vix ads for television here. Then they used the same ads in New Zealand. Didn't tell us, but they overdubbed them. And it's like, hey, mate, try Vix Vapor Drop. It's now with immune support. And it's like, not our voices at all. So, and apparently we're going to be doing another one soon and it's going to be played in Saudi Arabia. So I, <laughs> I look forward to hearing the overdubs on that one. Would you rather kayak to KI again or crawl to Cooper Pedy? Kayak to KI again. Yeah. Wasn't as bad as we thought. <laughs> 
Really? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, had nothing on the marathon. Marathon was I was in so much pain after. Kayak was like hard, like really sore arms, but the conditions were awesome and we just sort of smashed it. We did it in four hours. We thought it'd be six or seven, so it was a lot quicker than we thought. So yeah, no, I think we just we built it up like it was going to be this heinous thing, but and it would have been if the conditions were bad. Like people have died doing it before, but we sort of had a once again good team around us, and they sort of we were supposed to do it the week before, and they put it off because they're like, okay, no, it's way too rough, and then sort of came up um, on the Tuesday they're like okay it's time to go and which sucked because we were actually both really sick so it wasn't ideal for us but I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to you know put it off again and then we might have had to wait another few weeks so um, yeah and no, I'd kayak again I don't think I could crawl to Cooper Betty that'd be a hell of a crawl and last one what's your next big plan or what's a big goal that you want to do on the show is it another big event is it a uh, kayak well, I can't goal? tell you that Brayden otherwise you'll steal it so that's, <laughs> no to be honest damn we've worked it out to, to be honest I don't actually have any ideas at the moment for bigger ones they just come to me like on the weekends and stuff but I did find myself after the kite going hmm shit what's next but you know we're nearly at the end of the year so I reckon one more one more good one will sort of round us out anyway paddle bike the whole torrents or something yeah, like that all the way down not bad yeah, yeah see if you can go over the weir yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> alright well Liam thanks so much for having us no worries, in, the, in the Nova studios I really want to thank hey. Nova for having us down here as well this is a, a real honour and just to sum up man I, I think your career is really interesting and I love how you did it your own way thanks I, man I think that's an like amazing like Frank Sinatra <laughs> Yeah, we'll just put that music in the background. Yeah, that'd be uh, great. Can we do that, Ash? Yeah, sweet. The technical producer is nodding. I like that. <laughs> and the nice thing is that you haven't let that... There's no arrogance about you, and I really love that. And both to you and Ben, it's oh, just, you, it's just an amazing experience. I love what you do with the radio school as well, talking to them, inspiring the students. And I really hope your career blossoms, mate, because it's oh, so cheers, exciting. Man. And I'd really like to just thank you for giving the advice to anyone that listens to that. I think it's going to be really helpful. And keep doing what you're doing, man, because Excellent. seriously, you're making Adelaide proud. So. Oh, cheers, Braden. And you too, mate. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Cheers. <laughs> Anytime, mate. Um, that was the Leavers Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Bye. This was a Smashed Gnome production.